ninth chapter, which is one before the last one. It's not a long one, and it's a continuation of the one we did yesterday uh, dealing with prophecy. So we spoke about prophecy, we spoke about the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu and how it was not the same kind of prophecy of every other prophet. The consequence of that is that what we have through the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu, namely the Torah, is not like any other prophecy that we have from any other prophet. It's something that is clear and explicit in the Torah that it, it was prescribed to be eternal, immutable forever and ever. It will never be modified. Nothing will be subtracted from it nor added to it. This is exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu said in Devarim. Everything that I am prescribing you today, that's what you shall keep. You may not add to it nor subtract from it. And obviously what he meant was ever. And even more explicitly, when Moshe Rabbeinu again signed uh, in the second event that we had in the covenant, the ratification of the covenant at Moab, Parshat Mitzavim, Moshe Rabbeinu concludes by saying that that which we cannot know, that, uh, that's God's jurisdiction, but that which we can know, uh, is forever is for, for us and for our generations that come after us for our offspring forever to do all the the things of Torah. so we do have the concept here of our offspring forever fulfilling this mitzvah this Torah without any change you see from here that all the words of the Torah we were prescribed to fulfill forever. And so too another Pasuk says that this specific mitzvah should be This should be a, um, a, a law that is eternal for all of the generations that come in your posterity. And this appears seven times in the Torah, in seven mitzvot. So obviously, if those mitzvot were meant to be kept forever, so to the rest. And on the other hand, let's attack this point from another angle. You know, if someone wanted to change the Torah, they'd claim that they are being told to change it by God. But there is one other very important principle in the Torah as well, that this is not 
something that belongs to the heavenly jurisdiction. The heavens have no longer any authority, any say in the Torah. And therefore, no prophet that comes after the Torah can change anything from the Torah and on. Therefore, if a person rises up, whether from the Jewish people or from other nations, and he does some kind of a miraculous sign, supernatural sign, to prove that God has sent him to add something to the Torah, to subtract something from the Torah. Or, if he comes to offer up an interpretation in one of the mitzvot, an interpretation that was not received down from Moshe, or that goes against the interpretations that were given by Moshe. A very clear example. The Torah says very clearly in a way that was interpreted and applied from Moshe Rabbeinu until today that that a baby boy when born on the eighth day needs to have the Berit Milah. What if someone comes and says, I am a prophet, and this does not mean a physical Berit Milah, this means spiritual Berit Milah, to sort of take care of the Orla, of the, 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 the skin, the foreskin of the heart, but there is no need for an actual Brit Milah. So that's an example of Lefaresh Moshe, and this is what obviously Paul did in Christianity. Or maybe this person claiming to be a prophet might argue that some of the misvot were not meant to be fulfilled forever but they were only for a certain period of time and they are no longer applicable. But we know by the substance of his prophecy, of his, of his alleged prophecy, that he is a false prophet. Because he's coming to contradict the Nebuah and if these were to be prosecuted by a Jewish, by the Jewish Supreme Court, by the Sanhedrin, the consequence for someone like that, for a false prophet, is Henek, is, uh, is one of the four capital punishments, because he purposely, deliberately said something in the name of God, which was not the case. <laughs> Because God himself prescribed Moshe that the Torah is meant to be forever and God is not a man, paraphrasing a pasuk, God is not a man 
that he lies. God does not lie. So when we want to say God does not lie, we quote what Bil'am said, Lo ish el God is not a man for him to lie. Gimal. אם כן, למה נאמר בתורה נביא יקים להם מקרב אחיהם? אם כן, אז מה הפוינט של פרופט בכלל? למה יש לנו פרופט שמגיע מאיתנו אנשים? לא לעשות דת הובה, אלא לסבוד על דברי התורה ולהזהיר העם שלא יעברו עליה. כמו שאמר האחרון שבהם זכרו תורת משה עבדי. אז הפרופט של פרופט in the Jewish people is not to add to the Torah, it's not to subtract from the Torah, it's not to interpret the Torah, but rather to encourage people to follow the Torah exactly as we have it from Moshe. And proof to this is the very last prophet the Jewish people had, the prophet Malachi, finished off his prophecy, his book, his legacy to the Jewish people by encouraging us Remember, never forget Torah Moshe Avdi. This is God saying it to the Prophet. Never forget the Torah of Moshe, my servant. So if the last Prophet is still encouraging us to follow the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, obviously this makes very clearly the point that the Prophets are not coming here to modify the Torah, but rather to strengthen it and to encourage us to follow exactly what Moshe said. וכן, another thing that prophets can also do, אם סיוונו בדברי הרשות, כגון לכו למקום פלוני או אל תלכו, עשו מלחמה היום או אל תעשו, if he prescribes us on something that is not law, but it's more within human behavioral discretion, it's a choice that the people or someone has to make, not having to do with law. Like for example, go to this place or don't go, make war today, do not wait war today, build this wall or do not. We are prescribed to listen to him. And anyone who transgresses his words is going to be liable for death on the hands of God. Like the Pasuk says, and it will be the person who will not listen to what I'm saying through a prophet, who is speaking truthfully on my name. I myself, says God, I'm going to take care of this person for disobeying a direct order. והכובש נבואתו חייב מיתה בידי שמיים, ובשלושתם נאמר אנוכי את ראש נעימו. So to a prophet that goes against his own, his own, uh, his own prophecy, for example, the prophet, uh, the prophet Yonah, he ended up not doing this, but the, the Tanakh suggests he wanted to, he wanted to not do what God told him in his prophecy, which was to to go to Nineveh, he wanted to go to Tarshish instead, that is going against one's own Nebuah. And we see in the Tanakh, he almost died on account of that, of that 
when 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 the when his the ship he was on almost drowned, he ended up fulfilling his prophecy, so he didn't die. The Akovetsh again, we can take Yonah as an example, the one who has a prophecy and does not want to share it. So all of these three examples are liable for Anochia Droshka Aimo, for God taking personal care of them. Which also means, by the way, a court does not. A human court does not deal with this person or give any consequences. Another example of something which we do listen to the Prophet on is the Prophet says, after we do know that he is a Prophet, not before, after we do know that he is a Prophet, to transgress a specific precept, or many, or several, whether it's a serious precept or a light one, there's going to be a, a, an exception we'll see in, in a little bit. But he's saying this as an exceptional, as an exceptional event, as a one-time thing. We do have to listen to him. This is what we actually have as a tradition from the early sages, a tradition that they have. Um, in, on everything, if a prophet, a true prophet, tells you to transgress the words of the Torah, like Eliyahu Hanavi did on the mountain of Carmel, we do have to listen to him, with the exception of Avodah Zarah. So what happened in Hara Carmel was um, Eliyahu was um, Eliyahu wanted to bring uh, these sacrifices outside the Betanikdash, which is not permitted, just to show that God was uh, the, the Lord as, as He was able to in His dispute with uh, the, the priest for the Baal, and uh, he he told people to come and help and build the mizbeach and to come and help bring the animals. All things that are transgressions, and but we were supposed to listen to him. On that moment, he did this through a prophecy. It was a one-time exceptional command to suspend momentarily the applicability of a certain stuff. Uh, so we would have to listen to him. We would not have to listen to him if what he had asked to do was alien worship. So for alien worship, there is no exception. Uh, again, one of the points of alien worship is God's exclusivity. So once you you do something once, um, it's not it's no longer an it's not an exceptional act that you're doing as a one-time event. This defeats the entire system. The system is no longer exclusive. The system is no longer foolproof. And therefore, even if a true prophet comes and says right now worship this other deity, we should not listen to him and we should know that this means that that person is not a real prophet. <clears throat>
והוא שיהיה הדבר לפיכרת כגון אליהו בעל הכרמל שהקריב עולה בחוץ, וירושלים נבחרה והמקריב בחוץ חייב כרת, and this is only if the prophet, when should we listen to the prophet, only when the prophet is prescribing to transcribe the Torah on an exceptional basis, like Eliyahu did in Har HaKarmel, as we explained that he brought a sacrifice outside the Bet HaMikdash, which is something for which one would be liable on Karet. And because he is a prophet, the Torah itself is the one that prescribed, the same Torah that said we may not bring offerings anywhere but in the place that was selected to be the designated place for God, namely the temple, right? The same Torah said, if a prophet comes and tells you to transgress something momentarily, you shall listen to him. ואילו שאלו את אליהו ואמרו לו, נעקור מה שכתוב בתורה ותעלה עולותיך בכל מקום אשר תראה. If, it, if we had asked אליהו at Har HaKarmel and we had approached him and said, Mr. אליהו, tell us something, you're asking now to help you build this mizbeach, to bring these animals, to, to do and to effectively transgress what it says in the Torah, פנתעלה עולותיך בכל מקום אשר תראה, lest you bring your sacrifices anywhere, that that your eye that you lay your eyes on how are you asking us to do this he would have replied no i'm not asking you to do away with that commandment that commandment of course stays and forever eternally whoever brings an offering outside the betamikdash will be liable for karet just like Moshe Rabbeinu prescribed, but I am today doing this outside the Beit HaMikdash for the purpose of implementing God's prophecy and disproving the prophets of the Baal. אם סיבוב כל הנביאים לעבור לפי שעה, מצווה לשמוע להם. ואם אמרו שהדבר נעקר לעולם, נתתם בחנק, שהתורה אמרה לנו ולבננו על עולם. And from this you can learn what the, what the rule actually is. If any prophet has to transgress something momentarily, we have a mitzvah to listen to them. But if they are trying to change the Torah in a permanent way, then they are liable on Henin, a, a, an earthly capital punishment. Because the Torah says that it's supposed to be forever for all generations to come. וכן אם עקר דבר מדברים שלמד במפיח שמועה, או שאמר בבין מדיני תורה שהשם סיבה לו שהדין כך הוא בהלכה כדברי פלוני, Now, this is tremendously important and not self-evident. What if the Navi comes and does not say anything inconsistent or contradictory to, inconsistent with or contradictory to the Torah or the other traditions we have, but who wants rather to suggest a novel interpretation totally consistent with what we know, but he says that this interpretation comes from the heavens. 
So for instance, to take an example we discussed in the introduction to Mishneh Torah, suppose that there is a machloket between within within a beddin on the height the sukkah is supposed to have the minimum height the sukkah is supposed to have. So the actual machloket we know from the Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda is the one who says it could be as tall as one wants, and Hachamim are the ones who say that it must be capped at twenty amot, twenty cubits. So let's assume that it wasn't Rabbi Yehuda, but it was Eliyahu Hanavi, and let's assume that Eliyahu Hanavi is speaking not in his personal capacity as a sage, because remember, to be a prophet, you have to first be a sage, so they all were tremendous sages. But Eliyahu is saying, last night, I had a dream, I had a prophetic dream, and God had, had told me that a sukkah can be as tall as one wants. If a prophet says something like this, we know that this is a false prophet. And even though he may have established his reputation by having done a seemingly supernatural event, we still execute him. Because this also is indirectly contradictory to the Torah, which said that the interpretation of the Torah is not in the realm of the heavens. We do not take instructions from God as to what the Torah means. What the Torah means is not what God means. The deal we have with God, with God is He gave us 311,000 and change characters which form the, the Torah that we see written in the parchment in every synagogue in the world. And we, the Jewish people, provide the meaning not God, we the Jewish people do this. So if a prophet says, God has told me this is the meaning, we know that this is against the deal we entered into. It's counter to the Torah, and therefore this is a false prophecy. But if this was something momentary, we should listen to him forever. So if, uh, in our example, if Eliyahu Hanavi doesn't say, Sukkah can be as tall as, as you want, but if he says, God told me in a dream that this year, people should be free to do Sukkot as well as they want, then that's fine. That might be a true prophecy. so everything we said so far, again, comes with this one notable exception, which is alien worship. If a prophet comes and says, even momentarily, God has told me that today everyone has to worship the moon, we may not listen to him. Even if he goes out and does tremendously impressive signs, he, he makes an eclipse, in, when, when none is expected, or something of the sort. And he says, this is to prove that God has shown me in prophecy that we all need to worship the moon. 
we know for a fact the Torah tells us immediately, automatically, to conclude this is a false prophecy and therefore a false prophet. So this is important. The Pesukim, if you read them carefully, the Pesukim that deal with prophecy and what should we listen to and what we should not listen to, um, it starts by setting up the situation as though we are talking about a prophet whose signs came about. So we are dealing with a prophet about whom it was said, about whom it was said that the signs predicted became true and still in the specific situation the Torah is describing when he's trying to lead us lead us away from the Torah the Torah itself says Lot we may not listen to such a person and then it it, it adds that this is insulting this is insulting to God to Hashem your God so a person that comes and tries to have us worship anyone other than God um, or God in ways that are not the ways prescribed by the Torah and he does this even momentarily even uh, on an exceptional basis he's buying he's uh, being counter to the Torah and therefore we know for a fact that is a false prophet. How do we know for a fact? Again, go back to the last chapter. Moshe Rabbeinu's prophecy was established for us on a personal, experiential basis. We know that he's a prophet because we heard God speaking to him. Every other prophet will always have doubt. So you cannot override something that is doubtful, something that is sure and certain, through something that is doubtful, which is what's What's trying to, to be what he's trying to do here. And we should also know that all of those tremendously impressive signs he brought to us were actually trickery and were not real supernatural doings. And we should feel no hesitation on executing someone like this. Um, the, the execution part. Is because to the Jewish people, this is, as it has been in history, tremendously destructive, destructive, and disruptive and threatening to the system itself. So, two obvious examples of false prophets who came and claimed that they were prophets and tried to change the Torah or to say it no longer applies are um, Yeshu and Muhammad.